Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, episode number 57, which is brought to you with support from People's Bank, a locally owned and operated independent community bank since 1921. For a higher level of service for all of your banking needs, visit the team at their flagship branch right here in downtown Everett at 2702 Colby. So Tyler, what's the haps? Oh, let's see. I just got my hair cut and I'm a little bit tired, so I feel like my energy is kind of off with shorter hair and um, lower energy. This tired looking dude, (laughs) looking like Rico Suave with that new do over there. I did. I've been working on my house a ton, which I always talk about on the show, but this last weekend we were redoing our patio, so we had to go get a bunch of pavers and we moved five tons of pavers by hand, loading them into a truck in Seattle bringing in a trip to Everett, unloading them, driving back to Seattle, getting another load. Yeah, and you said the house you were getting them from, you guys had to park like 100 feet away. <laughs> totally. It's in that like cool neighborhood that's like on the top of Capitol Hill. I don't know what, it, I guess it's just East Capitol Hill. Um, that works. And the whole time I was like, man, this neighborhood is so cool, you know, when I'm driving around. And then when it came time to like actually drive and do anything in that neighborhood, I was like, man, this place sucks. There's so much traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nowhere to park. And then I got back to Everett and I was grateful to live where I do. Anyway, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I made it through my first stand up comedy performance. Which, uh, the by other the week. way, I watched the video of it and you looked like a real pro up there. Oh, shucks. I mean, I'm, it was like, it's a secret video, so don't, don't look for it. Yeah, we won't. It's nobody else will ever make it public. I don't know why but... you're so embarrassed about it. I mean, I watched it and I mean, you were like, you were like your stage presence was I feel like really professional, you know, like I was like, it well exceeded my expectations. I wouldn't say I'm so embarrassed about it, but it's like doing something for the first time, you know, you're self-conscious about it. You're self-conscious about it. It's like, especially comedy is a very vulnerable thing. Um, I mean, I won't go. I feel like you didn't just think about about being funny though, is you really thought about your stage energy, which I feel like is something that is more of a learned thing. You know, like you do that and you sort of learn that and figure that out. But it, you can tell that you put some thought into it before you went and performed. And, you know, that was cool. Well, thanks, man. Cool I appreciate it. I'm just glad I made it through. It was uh, <laughs> it, it was hard. It was a pretty fast paced class. And, yeah, just kind of scary putting yourself out there. But uh, it's a fun time. Um, anywho, if you are not familiar with Live in Everett, you can learn more about everything we do over on the website, liveineverett.com. And one thing we do Every month is our monthly Evie Awards, uh, where you can help us crown the best in Everett. For this month's Evie Awards, we're voting on Everett's Best Bond Me, and you can go vote now over at liveineverett.com slash Evie. So this week, we have an Everett music icon, Kyle Ledford, on the show. And music icon, I don't write this uh, this little I intro here. Cool. Henry, our producer, <laughs> writes oh, it. Sucks. And a uh, music icon, I like that. It's true. Kyle Ledford, the music icon, the Everett music icon. Kyle's the owner of Sonophone Records, Everett's only record label. Sonophone specializes in producing and cutting vinyl records in-house on Broadway. Uh, we're excited to have Kyle on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Kyle. I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. so Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it. So real quick, before we jump into things with you, a uh, quick shout out to one of our awesome local sponsors, uh, Major League Pizza. They make very high quality, delicious pizza and grinders. You can even get a free personal pizza on your birthday when you sign up for their birthday club. They're right here in downtown Everett at 2811 Colby Ave. And you can learn more over on their website, www.majorleaguepizza.com. 
So, uh, Kyle, why don't we just start by talking about kind of your background in Everett? Um, well, I was born in Everett. Um, I grew up um, in a mixture of Everett, uh, Linwood, Bothell, but primarily Everett and Mukilteo. What high school did you go to? Um, I went to Kamiak High. Okay, cool. Because I know you from back then. Like, oh, I remember, yeah. remember, I was from Marysville, but I remember you from Fall of Troy or 30 Years War shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's wild is you're a very familiar face to me because when I first started engaging in music was when I was a, you know, high school kid coming up and uh, my guitar teacher was this guy, uh, John, who was really good friends with... Candelario? Yeah. John Candelario. Candelario. Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Um, with Thomas and Andrew yeah. and Tim and all those guys. And uh, for me, getting to come up and, and see them rise from a couple of scrappy kids into having uh, songs on MTV, you know. And, totally. Um, being in Guitar Hero, that yeah. was uh, pretty, pretty impactful. Um, and I think the first time I ever met you was on the rooftop of the YMCA at a 30 years war show, probably in like 2003, 2004. Yeah. I wasn't driving yet. I know that. So it was probably 2003 ish. And I remember that too. Yeah. I feel like our paths crossed a lot back then, but I've never really, you know, it's good to get to know you more as we get older and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. and what's wild too is, you know, I've always kind of been, a um, yeah, I'm a bit shy and stuff, uh, considering everything else I do. But um, back then, I thought, like, you were just the coolest cat. Like, oh, really? Such a cool cat. <laughs> well, the so joke's cool. on you because I'm a huge dork, <laughs> man. That's funny. Yeah, I was a, just a punk kid back then, man. I was, and yeah, it, probably. After that, yeah. like, after I initially, like, met you and stuff through the music scene, then uh, I was a manager at Urban Outfitters. And oh, I remember to, that too. Yeah. You used to come in and I'd be like, Hey man, remember each other from the shows and whatnot. Yeah, like, yeah. this is what's cool. This is what we just got in. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Lots of, lots of places are paths have crossed. So it's cool to see you doing, you know, music stuff professionally and, oh, and continuing to kind of get to know you and hang out and stuff. But so you went to Kamiak, um, and did you live in, so you lived in Mukilteo. Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, why did why are you still in Everett and not in Seattle like everybody else who <laughs> grew up around here doing music? For me, I kind of always bounced around the area, but stuck close, basically stuck close to where I was born. And um, for me, there, I've always had this music thing as a passion, really tightly aligned with uh, kind of my youth and and growing up and what for me felt like a great space to uh, kind of cope with uh, life or trauma or whatever. And uh, the fact that there was a music scene when I was, when I was a kid was really impactful. And, um, and even though that, that scene, that initial scene really blew up and then kind of escaped town, um, when things started happening here again, where I started to feel a bit of that energy that I saw back then, because it was so unique and so exciting and um, it really called me back. So I, I never really left, but I've been really active back in Everett again um, in the past four years. And uh, nice. um, yeah, and, and Sonophone, technically I first started it in Mukilteo before I made the big move back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us about starting a record label. Um, Why did you start Sonophone Records? <clears throat> Well, initially I was working as an audio engineer at a place called Uberbeat Studios West, which is in Mukilteo. 
And that place is amazing. It's a multi-million dollar operation. They've got uh, an incredible studio in there. Big names have gone through there. They've got a, a, like a guitar from Megadeth from a session they did there and stuff. Killer. Um, and, uh, and so I was working there and I started thinking about uh, what if I could kind of connect with some folks in the community that I was a fan of? Um, what if I could start open this door to where they could get into this space and do work um, and we could start getting things done on kind of a hyper-local focus um, without breaking the bank, really. Seeing these opportunities of, of where I was working and what my rental rates were and everything and that if I could do it all in-house uh, there and, and engineer it myself, um, that I could get the cost really reduced. And um, that, that's really where it started, was kind of engaging that idea. And then when the idea started to blossom a bit in my mind, I just, I went for it. I went and got a business license and started setting up the infrastructure and worked out how I was going to make it possible. And then I just uh, put the word out there and uh, the first group I worked with was Johnny Hoffman and the Residents, um, which is a local group that I was a fan of. Jay Hoff, yeah. Yeah, Jay Hoff. Yeah. And um, I had first gotten to know them a couple years earlier from the Everett music scene um, when they were involved with the cut, the Creative Underground Theater. And what's so magnificent now is to see that so many of the different individuals involved in that umbrella of the creative underground theater and the DIY underground of the Everett music scene, which to me was something that was communicating a bit of that energy that I saw when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was always really exciting to me. So, so they, they were the first folks that I really reached out to um, when mm. I started the whole endeavor. And that was the first record that I did was the, uh, Jay Hoff untitled EP. Cool. And how many years ago was this approximately? Um, in June. So we're coming up on our four year anniversary. Okay. Which will be nice. in June. Right on. Very cool. And how did you come up with the name Sonophone? Sonophone is actually a playoff of the word Sonophone. Um, I have a Sonophone tattooed on my arm, and it's one of the earlier uh, record formats, uh, record playing formats. And I spent a long time kind of digging back through history and things that I was obsessed with and that I liked the the, the phrasing or phonetically how the name worked. Wait, and, I, uh, I think I figured it out. <laughs> now that I'm looking at the word and you mentioned the difference in the spelling, you just wanted iPhone in there. Right. Well, you know, you know, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> subliminal. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> it, it makes it very easy to communicate to someone how you spell it, how you find it. It's just sun, sun iPhone. iPhone. Yeah, yeah. 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 I get uh, it. I get it. True. So speaking of like old sonophones and old records, you've got a pretty unique way to how you make vinyl records. It's like a it's like a, I don't know if an old school approach is the right way to say it, but uh, I don't know. Let me back up a little bit more. I feel like telling my, because we're about to, we just released a full length tellers and we're about to put it out on vinyl. And I was trying to tell my dad about how we're trying to save up money to do a vinyl record pressing. And he cannot understand why in the world anyone would buy a vinyl record because he's like, <laughs> well, we have CDs now or MP3s and trying to explain to him. Vinyl seems very archaic to him. CDs seem way more modern, but now vinyl has made a renaissance. So why vinyl? And then the second question is why your sort of old school real-time approach to vinyl? So um, in those answers, I'm going to give two kind of different versions. Um, 
for one, my personal journey with vinyl records is uh, I grew up really tough and I had a ton of trauma and um, and there was a point in my life where uh, basically my dad had just killed himself and, and stuff was pretty mm. dark and wild and, and I have a really unique um, upbringing in that my mom, when she was a kid, um, her mother had killed herself and my mom's mom was a, a vinyl record just fanatic. She had an incredible collection, which went all the way back to 78s. Um, she had everything from Gene Krupa on 78 all the way to uh, pretty alternative artists on the beatnik fringe like Love DiCapo. Um, she had a, a great collection. And, um, and my mom became obsessed with vinyl and probably her mom's collection, all of that, you know, in the fallout of that trauma. And so one way that me and my mom kind of connected was her bringing the entire vinyl collection of her collection and then her mother's collection into my bedroom and setting me up with a record player. Cool. And, uh, and that's where I really got in, kind of involved with it was uh, something that I could kind of escape into, you know. And uh, that's where, like, my love of vinyl comes from. And then the second part of why vinyl is I think that in the modern digital age that vinyl records allow us to have a tangible physical connection to the art and the artist in a way that as digital's become the mainstream and Spotify is now where everybody goes first, that that vinyl becomes a, a way to communicate more directly with the artist. And I think that the tangibility of it is... Um, is really key and, and, and brings folks into that conversation where they feel more connected as a part of what's going on with the music. Yeah. I feel like my habit is if there's a band that I really like, generally an independent band or somebody on a smaller label, I really like their album on Spotify. I'll buy the record to support the band and I like having the physical media. Um, but then it becomes more of a listening session than just like skipping through on Spotify or adding to a playlist. I like records because you can put them down make a cocktail, sit and just listen to the record and chill, you know? And I feel like with digital music, it's so easy to skip around or do whatever. I don't find myself doing a session of listening, you know? One way I kind of think about it is the, the vinyl experience, when you sit down and put on a record, it's, it's like going to a movie. For sure. And it's, you're, you're spending the time to engage and, and really absorb that film. You're not going to do anything else. You're not going to talk over the record. And even with friends, you're gonna sit and socially engage in it. And so much of our listening experience now, which also has opened many worlds into things like ambient music and whatnot, and I, I think that there's two worlds to it, and both are incredible. Digital music is primarily listened to solo on the go. We listen to music all the time. We listen to music way more than we ever did before in the whole history of music existing. Mm -hmm. And it's now with us all the time. And that shifts to being very internalized in your head kind of thing while you're moving through your world and then the other experience the sitting down and enjoying the record like a film is um, a very strong experience in its own right and very different almost the polar opposite for sure so what's different how do you maybe explain how you cut records versus how like most record because you you're not only a record label you're a record producer production facility right yeah so so sonophone records um we started off as a record label and also worked as a recording studio 
And as we grew, two years into our operation, we started cutting vinyl records in-house um, through a process called lathe cutting. And now in this past year, I've uh, acquired a, a new machine which um, features the same cutting head used to cut records for Justin Timberlake at Princess Paisley Park. And it, we, we have a, a modified Columbia Records console. It's, it's um, uh, a, a really exciting machine. Um, now, it's kind of hard to communicate to, in an easy way what exactly the differences are. But the way that we make a record is the way that every single vinyl record starts, which is on a machine that's used to create a master vinyl. Now, in pressing, that master vinyl gets sent off and gets turned into basically the mold, which stamps out on the pressing plants all of the many, many copies. That original process where one record is made in real time is actually being cut into the vinyl. That's the process that we use. So when somebody buys a record from Sonophone, if you guys produced it, the record was not pressed, it was cut. And it was exactly. cut in real time. Yes, and then does it sound cut. better than a pressed record? Or um, does that probably depends on your whole audio setup? There, there's a huge range of factors that go into that and, and, and what it is. Because um, as many folks have probably gone through the sad experience of buying a brand new press record, Occasionally, you can buy a brand new record that sounds like garbage or doesn't play on your machine. Um, and those, those same issues permeate across all of the industry. But you have to imagine that if that bad cut, which was on that master, which then got mass duplicated on a, on a one-to-one process where each record is being made independently and independently listened to and having that quality assurance that there's a, a range in there, um, which is a little bit different. Um, with the types of cutting that you can have, say for instance, in our first two years, when we first got to making records, we had a very unique process where we used a 1950s machine paired with a, a cutting machine paired with a 1950s reel-to-reel. And we did a series that we called Sonophone Gold Series, which was making a brand new record as authentically to a 1950s tonal aspect as we could. And um, we were trying to kind of find our own unique space and our own voice in the vinyl cutting community. And through that hard work, it, it, it allowed us to grow to the point of being able to have the type of machine that we have now, which um, you could master a record on that, a brand new record that's sent off to go get duplicated. Cool, nice. Very cool. I love the uh, the whole kind of analog uh, approach to, to things. You know, it is um, just so refreshing these days because you see it so seldomly. And um, I know you moved Sonophone Records recently into a new space uh, here in North Everett over, I think it's over by Ray's. Yeah, we're, we're just a couple doors down from uh, Ray's Drive-In. We're, we're in between the uh, produce stand and raise okay um, uh, nice. in the strip there um, all of our attention has been focused on building out the uh, interior of the building so from the outside you would have no idea we're there it's, sure. it's right now it's total camouflage it's great yeah yeah <laughs> gotcha so for any musicians listening um, what are all the different services that you offer there so at Sonophone Records at our new location we offer recording facility rehearsal time small batch vinyl um, production in all of your sizes, 7 inches, 10 inches, 12 inches, um, and we have a, a number of options there. 
Um, we both do in-house production and we do production uh, recordings that we're able to send out to some of our partners that we work with, like uh, Eric Blood. Um, we've uh, basically, we've tried to create the space as an intake for local artists to be able to check off all the boxes that they could want to hit. We have rooms that are designed for photography. Um, we have a space that's designed for shooting you know, video and syncing up uh, video with recorded audio. Um, we have uh, full analog and digital production. So if you want to go through the experience of having no computers involved, you can do a complete analog recording. Um, but if you also want to take the more modern route or find a space in between, we're able to offer all of those things. Nice. Yeah. Very and cool. um, our, our main focus is about trying to create an, an entry point where artists who don't have a big budget, the hyper-local folks, can be able to have access to enough tools to allow them to uh, uh, get, get on that playing field, to, to have a platform that they can kind of jump off from. Um, and nice. so for us, that doesn't mean that you have to do everything with us. You could just find one avenue, but if you want to book some studio time or rehearsal time and come do a photo shoot and then have it filmed and all of that, you know, these are all things that we can do. And, Very cool. Um, yeah. Um, and who are some of the uh, artists you've been working with lately at Sonophone? Uh, lately, we've had a really interesting run of being able to engage in some diverse spaces that we had not worked with at all before, which a lot of that is due to our relationship we've been building with Distinction Music Management, which is a, an amazing um, PR company out of Seattle that's been doing great work, and their mission statement is incredible. And um, so the last track that I just dropped was um, Ariel Chandler, who is known as an artist, uh, PSA. She just did a track called Ghost, which was uh, I produced in-house at uh, Sonophone, was recorded there, and then collaborated with a number of producers. Um, and that, that song is really uh, gets me very in this excited space of, of new territory and engaging in things that we haven't done previously. Um, before that, we just dropped a track with uh, um, Go Away Sun, who's an awesome local talent, Hillary. Oh, nice. Who yeah, is also we've a, had her on the show yeah, before. Yeah, we had her on the show before. KSCR yeah. DJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. KSCR is incredible, <laughs> yes. And uh, that track we um, recorded and produced in-house at Sonophone, and then it was mixed by uh, Eric Blood, who's uh, one of my heroes. <laughs> So just getting in that space where I'm able to connect people that I really admire and adore with local artists that I also really admire and adore is uh, uh, really unique. Um, we had Himiko Cloud do a live session. They're from uh, Wenatchee. Um, they're very much involved in the uh, Wally's music scene um, with uh, Andy Andy and all of that that's going out there, which is great. We had produced a, a session with an artist named Dustin Hayes, who's the radio DJ out there, kind mm -hmm. of the parallel of KCR and, and our love out here for that. He's doing that out there in Wenatchee. Nice. Um, we did a vinyl for him. Um, and we uh, very recently dropped a new single for Sleepwell Citizen. They're a longtime Everett group. Um, previously, John Paul and the Apostles. Um, and then had new material from The Moon is Flat and... Uh, uh, a really kind of acoustic tune from Kirk Rutherford from The Moon is Flat called uh, Long Enough, uh, a bit of a political song. And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been cool. wild. I, I can keep yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. It's, it's, we've yeah, been no, busy. So <laughs> you're a musician too. What are you doing? Um, what are you 
playing now? You're playing keyboards with Moon is Flat, right? Yeah, I um, I, I still am, I, I do my material and all of my production work. I use my father's name, Johnny Lee Ledford, um, just as a bit of uh, communication of my own personal story. But um, I, I have been, in one aspect, producing a number of artists and working on tracks in that producer role. And then as a solo artist, I just recently did a spot with uh, Late Nights, um, oh, the cool. folks who are associated with Scumbag and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm digging that. Um, I did a, a bit over there, and um, I have a bunch of material I'm working on for my debut LP. Um, aside from that, I've been playing uh, synth in The Moon is Flat, and that's been really exciting for me to, uh, to work in an environment that's a bit different, um, to really take... Uh, for me, it's, it's getting to express all of my love for Brian Eno and experimental kind of uh, kraut rock and post kraut rock um, influences in a rock band, um, which feels, for me, it's engaging, it's exciting. It's, it's just, if you took Brian Eno out of Roxy Music and threw him in the back of, you know, some psych band from, you know, 1970s, uh, but they have such a uh, unique blend and modern push and, and Kirk Rutherford is, is uh, a diehard talent. He's, uh, he's, really his his heart's in the music uh, yeah, yeah. a million a million percent for sure cool so what's next for sonophone i feel like you're a really ambitious guy what's uh what's the future hold i mean for for us it's really just about building upon this foundation we spent four years uh really reaching into different areas of uh, pr radio play um social media how to get music published, recording, vinyl cutting, uh, all of these things. It's, it's about bringing all of our endeavors and, and all of the hard work that we put into for those first four years into one space to create um, a platform for artists to be able to jump off from. Um, and for us, the launching of the new building at uh, 1511 Broadway allows us to have that jumping off point and to really take all of all of that hard work and put it into a space that allows us to to both have internally for us to have many different avenues to where we can generate funds to continue growing the operation but also to to create a um, a focused direction for small local artists hyper local artists to engage into a space and um, not have to uh, try and figure out the answer to a million questions. That's super cool. Exciting stuff. Oh, thanks. I love it. So um, got a few few Everett questions here okay. to transition into. And we're running a little bit long on time here, so we'll kind of just blaze through these guys. Um, so how have you seen Everett change uh, since you've first been here? I think that in those early years, whatever level of excitement and growth that you could imagine happening and, and the potential of spaces and all of that, it's happened and it's happening. And for me, seeing Everett change is just seeing Everett happen. Good things happen here. It's exciting. It's like, it's really going on. And to, to, to feel that vibe and to grow with everyone around and to have everyone so engaged, um, more and more, I have folks coming from Seattle who engage in the Everett space, and, and they think, this, is, this feels great. I want to engage in this more. How do I get on board? 
And you see that all around the town, everything from small businesses to, you know, entrepreneurship to, you know, folks flipping their houses and everything. It's, it's um, mm-hmm. just an exciting period. What do you sure. think Everett's best kept secret is? I think uh, Everett's best kept secret is um, it's not really a secret anymore. I think people see the, 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 there's no longer this dream of this potential of Everett that's a secret that we all kind of like hold, you know, with each other. I, I feel like that, that's, that would have been my answer before was, you know, potential and, and all of that, mm-hmm. an actualization of dreams and ideas and all of that which exists in this space. It's, it's happening so wildly now that it's no longer a secret. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, do you think Everett is misunderstood? And if so, why? I think that Everett is misunderstood still on our realities with the opioid crisis. I think that these are issues, the opioid crisis, homelessness, mental health, these are issues that permeate our society on such a macro level. And on a micro scale, you tend to get this feedback from folks where they, they think Everett is the the capital of homelessness and, and drug abuse and you know, in the country, <laughs> that's, that's the way they act sometimes. And, um, and the reality is, is no, these are tough issues that take, um, that have to have such a, a, a smart and uh, new approach on many different avenues. And what you see in Everett doesn't exceed what you see in other places. And in fact, actually seeing the actions that are happening in our community and um, the way things are moving in certain ways, you, you see a, uh, a more exciting, more future tone approach towards uh, dealing with these issues. Mm-hmm. For sure. What do you think Everett needs, if anything? Oh, Everett needs uh, an all-ages venue like the Rocket, which is currently, I just saw online that Isabella announced that the Rocket is going to be um, going into what was the tailgater space. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, nice. and um, cool. that means it's going to be happening way sooner than later since that space had an operating business in it not that long ago. And that's a huge need for us. I, think, I love that Tailgaters is going to be an all-ages venue. That's, that makes me really... Thinking of all the debauchery that yours truly engaged in back in my early 20s in that place <laughs> for it to be a place where young and underage kids to uh, you know come up and do their music thing, that's cool. I think that when that space launches, if you think of the good work that's been done by uh, Isabella and all of the folks in that whole scene who have built up Black Lab and the Rockefeller uh, Hotel with the art spaces and the whole culture that's growing about having a arts district, that this is a hub of uh, arts and entertainment, when you see how they have grown that culture down here with what they already had and you think of them launching an all-ages venue um that's what's going to take this into uh, a a whole nother level um and that i'm really really excited for yeah that is super cool what is your greatest hope for everett's future oh my greatest hope for everett's future is that um with uh, rapid gentrification and rapid development that the movement um, and the uh, safe space environment that's being grown um, around the arts culture and the arts district continues to grow and does not get um, shrunken or dissipated. I think that uh, everybody in those spaces that we all have to do the the right thing to, to, to really just keep promoting the arts and understand that these spaces are really, really significant to the growth of the city 
and communicating that to all the partners involved so that we get a level of reinforcement um, as the as the city grows. Um, when you look at places like uh, you know, Ballard or just there's there's different examples of what can happen when you take a really strong dedicated art space and then the whole environment shifts a little too rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're in that avenue here in Everett. We're you know over the next if you look at trajectory trajectory over the next five to ten years. This place is 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 booming. So as that population moves in, we just um, we have to make sure that we protect those spaces. For sure. Yeah, and that that culture continues to grow because um, it's it's something that's going to add to the the benefit of every of the whole endeavor. You know. Absolutely. So we're going to play a quick game cool. called Fast Favorites, where we're going to ask you five questions in sixty seconds, and if you can answer in one minute, you might win a, win a prize. So uh, nobody's ever lost. Yet. Yeah. So, so your, your chances be are pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. It'd be pretty embarrassing for you. Let's see, I can watch the uh, clock, Tyler. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I can watch the clock, Tyler. If you want to uh, ask the questions. All right. I believe in you, Kyle. Uh, here we go. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite place to eat? My favorite place to eat. Well, it's shifted around, but I still am obsessed with the New Mexicans. Favorite place to drink. Favorite place to drink is any event that Revolution by the Barrel is doing the cocktails at. Shout out to Nigel. Incredible. Best cocktails. Favorite place to watch the sunset? I, I uh, gotta say Grand Avenue. It's unbeatable. Favorite word to describe Everett? Oh, good. Because yeah. good things happen here. Uh, favorite thing to do when you have free time? Favorite thing to do when I have free time is meditate. Nice. Yeah, cool. I think that was about what... Uh, 39 seconds 39 or so. 39 seconds. You're in there. So. Yeah, yeah. You get to pick a prize out of the bag of mystery here. Bada bang. Oh, awesome. I'll have yeah. to... Uh, a Hyundai of Everett license plate frame? Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Just no, kidding. Uh, good things happen here, license plate frame. I'll have to put this on my uh, on my classic car, my uh, 77 Lincoln. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. that's cool. That's going to look good because it's black, right? Your Lincoln is black, or did no, you get no, rid of that one? You got one with really cool red seats. It's a uh, it's white on the outside with red on the inside. Yeah. So the black like a jelly will be donut nice contrast into that. on that chrome. Yeah. Nice. That's gonna look good. Okay. So before we cut you loose, um, any asks of our audience, and how about you uh, uh, tell us where people can find you on the internet? Um, asked of the audience is engage with the community as much as you can. So things like KSER fundraisers. Um, it goes on and on. The, those key local, hyper-local um, institutions that are doing great work for the community, engage with them as much as you can. You know, um, Become a, a supporter pledge if you can. Um, and then you can find us, Sonophon Records. We're uh, sonophonerecords.com. You can see our artists, uh, find their merchandise pages, buy things like shirts and vinyl records and things like that. You can find us on Facebook, sonophonerecords.com, or on Instagram, at uh, Sonophone Records. Nice. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out for the Live in Everett podcast. We would love to hear from you. Send us feedback or tips or whatever. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, take a minute and rate us. It helps a ton. And you can keep up with all the good things happening around Everett by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, The Weekly Goodness, which goes out every single Monday and is packed full of upcoming events, our latest podcast and videos of the week, a recap of what's new on the blog, all that good stuff. Uh, you can subscribe to The Weekly Goodness for free over on the website, liveineverett.com slash subscribe. 
Hey, Kyle, thanks again for joining us today. It means a lot. Uh, special yeah, thanks it. to Oliver Alfarmi for our theme music and to our producer, Henry J., which, by the way, Henry has a radio show called The Stereo Wire. It's on every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. on 90.7 KSER-FM. Remember, good things happen in Everett because of you, so thanks so much for listening and being a part of this great city. Have a good week, everybody. This is why we're Everett till the grave.